Hey everyone, I just wanted to hop on here real quick before we get to the rest of the episode and let you know that we recorded this literally a couple hours before the Alex Verdugo news dropped for the Red Sox. Uh, so we're not going to be talking about that on this episode, but we'll definitely be touching on it on Twitter and uh, on the next episode. So you can follow us at Chip City Pod on Twitter and check out uh, next week's episode for more in-depth detail on the trade and everything that went down. Uh, so yeah, with that said, enjoy the episode. City, the greatest Boston sports podcast this side of the 495, made for the greatest fan base in the world. I'm your host, Connor, joined by my good pal, Aaron. And just like that friend you always invite to your Super Bowl party, we're here to hang out, have fun, and most importantly, talk ball. Welcome to our fucking podcast. Aaron, buddy, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing just wonderful. I am running on fumes today, but we're here. We're ready to go. We got a fair amount to talk about today. There's some stuff that we can definitely talk about. <laughs> Thank God. Because mm. I, I, like you, am pooped. Yeah. I, the 9 to 5 is a uh, is a brutal one. Yes, it is. That's for sure. But the dedication is real. And we're back talking about Boston sports, our favorite topic. Um, and like I said at the top. There's there's actually some stuff that went on, you know, maybe not on some uh, on the front of some thing, some places mm-hmm. still have not done anything. <laughs> but T- to be you know, fair, they're they're, they're talking <laughs> about doing a lot of stuff. Oh, we'll, we'll get into it, but <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so we're gonna do the usual. We're not gonna do any baseball trivia this time around. We got uh, we're gonna forego that because we have a little bit. A little bit of a debate slash questionnaire that I've got for uh, for Connor here, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also going to talk. Obviously, we're going to talk Sox. We're going to talk Celtics, Patriots, Bruins. We got results from the entire week of of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, let's do our quick little debate questionnaire. Uh, do you want to segment. do predictions first? Oh, do, do we want to recap the predictions? I. F- I don't remember. Do you remember what your predictions were? <laughs> I want. Okay, so Red Sox. I didn't make any predictions for. I mean, there's nothing to predict. Yeah. Celtics. I said they'd go two and zero, beat the Bulls, beat the Seventy Sixers. Nailed that. You did technically. You did nail that part of it. <laughs> well, once again, we're recording later in the week than we originally thought. So they also. Since our last recording, played in the in-season tournament and lost to the Pacers. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get, get into that. that. Mm-hmm. Patriots lost to the Chargers, even though Chargers did not want to win that game. You but predicted the Patriots would win, and I, no, no, I no, no. knew they no, no, lose. No, no, no. I said they'd lose against better judgment. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, 2-0 and there. And then the Bruins, I think I said they'd go 2-1. and one. Mm. They did not lose to the Maple Leafs like I thought. They had a better week. Thank God. (laughs) 
Um, but good, but, good week for predictions. Yeah, it actually was a solid week for predictions. Um, but before we uh, we talk about those games in depth, uh, I got to ask you a couple questions here. Mm-hmm. So, in baseball, there is a certain player by the name of Jackson Turio. Yes. What team does he play for, Connor? He is a prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers. All right. He has not made it past AAA yet. Just received an eight-year, eighty million dollar contract. So hasn't even made it to the MLB and is already making eighty mil. He's played six games at AAA and Oof. signed a eight-year, eighty million dollar deal. But I think there's options that can bump it to ten years, a hundred forty mil. Jeez. All right. Well, is there anyone in the Red Sox system that? you would give that kind of contract to without seeing them in any MLB action. So there's there's like the three names of Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony, and Kyle Teal, the top three prospects in our system. Mm-hmm. Um and the question is like would would we give them a deal sight unseen um to lock them in for a couple years past free agent their free agent window i i think i would do it for roman anthony just because i think he's got insane helium to him uh which means what does that mean (laughs) it it means he's an insanely fast riser oh okay okay um so like he went from being on like no top 100 list to being uh, to some like Sox prospects, which is probably the best place to go for Red Sox prospect news. He's now the their number one prospect. Um, I would definitely give look at giving him a deal, uh, just because I think everything that he's shown is very translatable. Like he's just hitting the shit out of the ball. He's not chasing. Um, he's making a lot of contact as well as like hard contact and he plays like Mm -hmm. a pretty good center field. So I'm not worried about him having to move off of it. I would go him first, which is funny too, because this Churio deal is the largest passing, uh, Luis Robert who had six years, 50 mil before I get into the MLB. So it's, it's a team with outfielders, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Marcelo is a bit difficult just because the injury history, he's now had like two years of being hurt down there. It's a bit more questionable. I think I'd let him get to the bigs first. And then Kyle Teal, I'm I'm not too, too concerned about extending him yet. Um, he might. I mean, there are people saying he's going to make it to the MLB like he, this year yeah, he, or next year. I mean, of the three... <laughs> There's a very, very good chance he's the first one to get there just because he was a very – he was drafted out of college. And coming out of college, most guys are obviously more developed than high schoolers. Uh, his floor was already just so high as like he's mm-hmm. a good defensive catcher who can hit. Like most defensive yeah. catchers can't hit a lick. Um yeah. And like he, shades of Adley Rushman. Yeah, like I don't think he's got the power of Rushman, and he's he's not a switch hitter. But yeah, he could be like maybe like a Buster Posey for you. 
Hey, a two time. I'll take a two time MVP as as a dude's. Uh, yeah, we might. I'm gonna pull that back a bit. I don't know if he's uh, MVP, but he's he's someone who I think you feel very confident is like the franchise catcher yeah. for the next like decade, like a Veritech style. Exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, speaking of Red Sox, uh, something that we touched on a little bit last week, but I want to gauge. Your how what, how you feel about the silence of the Red Sox when it comes to free agency? Now winter meetings have started. How how do you how do you feel about like how quiet the Red Sox have been? So luckily, it's gotten a bit better today. There's a lot of a lot more news came out involving the Red Sox. Mm. But before honestly, before like noon today. I know I had said it's nice to not just be attached to every single name that you're not going to get. But, oh, my God, it might be even as insufferable just trying to, like, sift through all the rumors of, like, uh, the Yankees, they're, they're feeling very confident they're going to get Yamamoto. The Giants, they're, mm-hmm. they're very confident they're going to get Yamamoto. The Dodgers, uh, Dave Roberts is, is saying in interviews that he is very confident that they will get Otani. And then you have like all the the Juan Soto like trade news with the yeah. Yankees and the Blue Jays, and it's like, come on, give me something to like. It's it's very easy to re, uh, get reactionary to like the Yankees and Blue Jays specifically being perceived as more active than you when you finished last. You probably needed the most to like spend big, make a big splash to try to turn the tides. Yeah, I think the thing that's really funny to me is just looking on like on Twitter and such like that, and people being like, "Well, Breslow's punting on uh, on November. Well, there goes our season. He's not Breslow, man. He's not working out. There's nothing. It's like, dude, no one's done anything. Literally, the only moves that have been made, there has been one trade so far, mm-hmm. one trade of note, and then like." Two free agent signings across the league. Who cares about rumors? Who That's cares? the thing. It's just like it's, it's one of those things where, like, yes, I only really want to know when a move is made. But at the same time, I, you just like being tossed a bone a couple times. Like, not me. Ah, uh, see, I need it. I'd rather. I'd rather just sit. I. I just because I. I just love laughing at the dudes who are like, man, I got to hear something, man. If I don't hear Jeff Passan. Making announcing that they're talking to Juan Soto, I'm gonna kill myself. It's like, dude, calm down. <laughs> and, and that's also part of it too. It's like there's like no news of substance coming out. Like, yeah, uh, Passan said like in one of his articles, like, oh yeah, the Red Sox are out on Otani, and then like like two hours later, uh, John Heyman is like, no, actually, they're still in on it. They need to make a splash. And then it's like, okay, we're hearing nothing about Yamamoto. And then, oh, John Morosi today, he's like, oh, no, they're, uh, Yamamoto is their top priority. It's like, I mean, it's, it's like, like you know we nothing. No idea. We literally, we know nothing. And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Really, it's the way it should be. Like, I, I, I have such a hard time imagining that Craig Breslow got the job. They told him, okay, we're hiring you. First time GM, you need to make moves this year. And he's like, yeah, I'll get to it, guys. Don't worry. He just lays back at his desk, feet up, like, 
We'll uh, we'll get there at some point. We'll uh, we'll do something sometime and, and just cash those paychecks. Yeah, like come on, he's they're working, man. Yeah, no, and he'll he'll be the first to say they're like they're calling teams for trades. They're like talking to agents, mm-hmm. whatever. It's just like okay, I'm tired of hearing that you're doing you're doing like laying the framework down, and I just want to hear a a move. But <sighs> it it is what it is. Um, yeah. uh, just just for uh, listener reference. Uh, if you see anything that John Heyman or like John Morosi or Bob Nightingale, you can kind of just disregard it. Um, yeah. <laughs> unless it's just, just follow Jeff Passan, turn on his notifications. Same with uh, Ken Rosenthal. And then maybe if you got like, like the, uh, I would say Mass Live guys too, since this is like a, yeah. a Red Sox show. Uh, Sean McAdam, Chris Cotillo, Chris Smith, Chris too. Smith. I, those are those are the names that you want to see uh, pop up with, like a yeah. oh something's happening. Because those guys aren't just going to write for writing's sake; like they're actually going to let you know, like this is actually happening. Yeah, because uh, it got like there was it was rumored that from some guy that uh, they had they were showing big interest in Domingo Herman, the former Yankee yep. scumbag. Um, <laughs> who's now a free agent and everyone was freaking out and then out of the heavens chris catello comes down and he's like that's not true yep <laughs> it's like hey guys let's calm it down yeah um but anyway since we're talking about the red Sox, uh real quick let's go over some winter meeting notes since the winter meetings have started yeah so the draft order literally just got uh announced Red Sox had a 1.2% chance of getting first. And what would you know they did not get first? They're picking tw- oh. they're picking 12th in the next draft. Um, funny enough, the Athletics and the Royals had some of the best odds to get first, and they're picking 4th and 6th, re- respectively. Oof. The Guardians Oof. and the Reds leapfrogged them. Oof. Yeah. This draft, there's not like it's not as good as last draft, so it's not like the worst thing. But you know, mm. you still want your first pick. Yeah, right. Um, rule five drafts tomorrow. We've talked about they didn't protect Shane Drohan. He's probably taken. They have a number, a number of like their farm system is really good at having just a bunch of relievers, and mm. relievers are like the perfect pick in rule five, just because you can hide them in the bullpen. And you give them like five games, and then they're yours after the season. Yep. Um, Craig and uh, Breslow and Cora, they've been doing like their little media scrums daily. Nothing, nothing is breaking the mold of what they've been saying. It's a lot of oh, we got to get better as a team, even though they're kind. Of, they've been they've been putting a lot of weight into. Like Tanner Houck, Whitlock, Winkowski, Pavetta as stepping up as starters, which mm-hmm. I get that you want to a keep their value high if you want to trade them, but b it also makes a lot more sense to keep them stretched out. But I do not want to go into next season with two, any two of those guys as starters. I think one, one is good. One, and I would lean Pavetta or Cutter because. Mm-hmm. 
I think, yeah, I, I have to agree. Like, Cutter last year actually was pretty impressive as, like, a number five starter in that he, he proved that, yes, he can go. He might give up some runs. He might have a, a tough time going in, like, second, third time through the rotation. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's going to go out there and he's going to fight and he's going to put up innings for you. You know, and that's what you need yeah. at the very end of the day. And then Pavetta, I mean, if he can pull bullpen Pavetta for the whole for, uh, for right from the get go then i mean hey that's a hard that's a hard fifth starter to beat yeah pavetta is great at eating innings which is just something you don't have it cutter crawford yeah. like sneakily had like one of the most elite fastballs in baseball this year not even just yeah. for the red Sox, but he gets so much like vertical break on it it's like it's almost unhittable plus i love his wind up yeah really it, it's it's, it's but he does like that double clutch yeah <laughs> Um, I've never seen a pitcher double clutch a pitch before, but somehow he does it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, ooh, I'm going to throw it. Like, I'm going to get you. Oh, no, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've been messing around with the, the trade simulator, even though it's, it's, uh, not the best gauge of, uh, talent, mm. but like, I, I am more than okay if they shop Tanner Houck this this off season or this year, mm-hmm. I know I've said it now because especially they hired Justin Willard uh, to be their new director of pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not too much information about him other than he, Craig, and Bailey are all very like focused on stuff over like command. Um, not not in the sense of like they don't care if you're gonna walk like five guys a game, but more of like if you got like an elite fastball or at least elite curveball, we care more about that than like if you can dot it consistently because you'll mm-hmm. you'll get the swings and misses. Uh, but with Hauk, I'm just I'm kind of over the experiment. I don't think he's gonna be a starter, but yeah. maybe maybe someone I mean, else. Kinda, can... I I I honestly think that because of the injury and how consistent cutter crawford was available last year that he just leapfrogged him in the in the availability pool strictly like kind of the same thing for whitlock like yeah you might have talent enough to be a low-end starter but if you're not available man and you know availability is the best ability you know the best yeah the best ability is availability yeah and the thing is too like they if they go out and they sign like three starters and all those guys are pushed to the bullpen. That is an elite bullpen. Mm. Like Mm-mm. I know, I I was just poo poo and Tanner Houck, but like his stuff is still very good in like short stints. Like same mm-hmm. same with uh, Whitlock and Winkowski. I I I don't get why they want to uh, push Winkowski to start. He did not look good when he did. Um, it's okay to just have like a stable of like young guns in your bullpen. Yep. Especially because you only have Martin and uh, Kenley for one more year, so maybe you got their replacement internally. Who knows? Yep. Um, but speaking of of pitching targets, let's talk about a little bit about uh, who the Red Sox have reportedly been targeting. Yeah, so it came out today that they um, are very aggressively pushing for Seth Lugo. He is a reliever turned starter. Used to be on the Mets. Or most recently, he was on the Padres. Uh, 
should have had his stuff put up. But I think it's a hundred. He had a breakout season, three point five seven ERA, one hundred forty six innings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is a solid middle of the rotation arm. I, mm-hmm. I, you can't. I think it would be a bad situation if he is more than a three. If it bumps mm-hmm. Bayo up to a two, fine. But if he's your two, that you're you're missing out. I feel like. Um, yeah. But aside from that, they're also being linked to Giolito, Lucas Giolito, uh, someone who I predicted. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, two, he said back to back stinker of years. So maybe his price tag will come down. He's still got like there's still some promise to him. And now that you have Bailey, who has shown, like he fixed, uh, he helped fix Kevin Gausman and Carlos Rodon. I, I'm okay if like getting a Giolito as like more of a reclamation project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something that also kind of broke out this morning, uh, th- this being Tuesday, was that they're showing interest in Martin Maldonado, uh, the former catcher for the Astros. Not not a big hitter, um, but a great defensive catcher, um, which I think that also goes into helping your pitching if you have someone who can be an elite framer as well as um, you know uh, throwing guys out on the base path. Mm-hmm. That helps. If you lo- are looking at him, maybe you flip Reese because uh, he actually is a lot – he he's very complimentary to Connor Wong in terms of like lefty righty splits, so mm-hmm. that's not a bad uh, a duo. Uh, and then quick wrap up of the big names. Passan said that they were out on Otani. I tend to believe As him. Yeah, when we did our debate, I wasn't saying that they should or they would. I mean, I, I was saying they should. Um, I knew they wouldn't. He's going to go to the Dodgers, I think. That's a scary team, man. <laughs> that's a scary team, but that's... The Dodgers get... <laughs> Woo, boy. That's. I feel Woo like boy. that's the best case. Like, I don't want him in Toronto. Mm. I don't want him in the American League. I'm fine with him in L.A. Uh, they've apparently been out on Juan Soto... He's been shopped around to the Yankees and Blue Jays, but David Ortiz is really, uh, really gunning for him with the front office. I think, hey, for some for some of the reasons that you'd be out on Otani, you'd be out on Soto. It's another lefty. It's a rental. He's going to cost you like six hundred million a year. Mm-hmm. But for that one year, it'd be yeah. fun as hell. Yeah, man. Um. And I guess the last thing I wanted to touch on with the Red Sox is came out your guy, Sean McAdam, no S. Um, <laughs> they're not looking to uh, deal for rentals like Corbin Burns, Glasnow, Bieber. They're more looking at guys with control and not, not even just like two years of control. They're looking at like three years, four years, guys who like... As they should. Yeah. This team is not good enough to be looking at like a rental that you're gonna have to, yeah. um, like try. So to- you're gonna have to try and re-sign again. Yeah. The problem is like 
like rentals equals win now. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to get a rental, that means that your team is one piece away from being a major contender for a championship. Yeah, we are not. That is not the Red Sox in the slightest right now. I think they they just need like if I I don't think in my heart of hearts I don't think they get Yamamoto, but Yamamoto is like the perfect piece, mm-hmm. like twenty five. I think they'll get him. Listen, they're saying now like his his money could be like thirty or three hundred mil. Do it. Give him. 30 mil a year is not crazy for, like, what starting pitching is going for right now. Mm-hmm. Like, would you rather have Yamamoto for 30 mil or Justin Verlander for 43 mil for this season? Give me Yamamoto, man. Yeah. Even if – because he had, like – his ERA is, like, crazy low in Japan. It's, like, 1.7. Mm-hmm. If it's 3.7, it's still worth it. Like if you add a full two runs to that, it is still worth it. Mm-hmm. Do it if he want. I would honestly give him the blank check if you want. If you want thirty three mil, even I'm, it's not my money. They're gonna make it back. Just yeah. do it, and then if you're gonna, if you want to trade for him, like obviously, or a trade for like that young controlled arm, obviously like Seattle, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby are like the most popular names. Mm-hmm. I still really like um, Edward Cabrera from Miami, who I think is also in the, kind of like the same position as Seattle. Just mm-hmm. so many good young arms, no offense really. Yeah, Durant's another name that I'd be willing to trade, uh, as well as Hauk and Verdugo. Obviously, honestly, the only I I'm fine trading everyone not named like Casas, Bayo, Devers, and like the the people who contract you can't trade like story and sale obviously but like everyone else put it all on the line i'm I'm fine with it like sedan like he could be a very great defender but like the bat is not great duran great year last year i don't know if he duplicates it mm. obviously dugo is for dugo's out after this year he's definitely not going to get re-signed Probably won't make it to spring training if we're being completely honest. <laughs> just just um, do what you got to do. But make sure you're not doing it on rentals. Yeah. And, and don't be um, stupid. Don't do not do a Dombrowski where you're sending like six guys for one. Yeah. When you don't have to. If it takes three, t- do the three. Yep. But I think it's time that we talk about the Celtics. What do you think? Yeah, I'm done venting about the Sox. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the Celtics, um, we talked last week, and we 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 only had two games listed on the slate last week because at that time they were scheduled to play the Bulls and the Sixers and then have a long break because they weren't going to make the in-season tournament playoffs. Yep. And then the Bulls game happened. <laughs> so they had to win the game by 23, and I'm pretty sure they needed the Nets to beat the Raptors. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And I was tweeting from, like, the Ship City account. Um, like, I I was, I was, said it, like, I don't care about the in-season tournament yet. Like, it's just, it's just more basketball in November, mm-hmm. December. And, mm-hmm. and then they made it. And... And then, yeah, and then they beat the Bulls by twenty seven. 
it, it it was kind of exciting to like have like implications for a basketball yeah. game in November. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it works in that they just need to get the prize better. I for winning the in season tournament because the problem is mm-hmm. that, um, like in the Champions League. Like for the Premier League, there's the Champions League. There's in in season tournaments. They have real implications. Like the Champions League, that is the best of the best from around the world are coming together, or around Europe really mm. are coming together to play for the Champions League trophy, which really, honestly, is bigger than the uh, um than the just winning the Premier League. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's bigger. Like they need they need to have a reason for people want it, to want to do it, but I love it. I love that there's a meaning to early season basketball or mid season basketball. Yeah, and the thing is, so like the as of now the 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 bracket is Lakers versus the Suns. That's tonight. The Kings lost to the Pelicans. We obviously lost to the Pacers. We'll get to that later. And it's also the Bucks versus the Knicks. They're like. Teams like the Lakers and the Suns, Bucks, and us, with like very high payrolls, there's not a ton of incentive. Yeah, like 500k to Jalen Brown now, it ain't what it used to be. On the contrary, though, like a team like the Pacers, where super young, a lot of like recent draft picks. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That and let's call a spade a spade. Pacers haven't aren't like a super historic like playoff contending team in recent history. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys haven't gotten like that playoff vibe. Yep. So like I well, I guess we could talk about it now too, just if we're talking in season tournament. Mm-hmm. They the Pacers brought the energy and Yeah. And the fans too. Exactly. Like Aaron Neesmith was throwing down dunks and the whole crowd was shaken. Um, it helps to with Halliburton back. He he yeah. cooked. He's he's been cooking like twenty seven points per game this year. Mm-hmm. That is impressive. Yeah, hey guys, um, first triple double. Yeah. No turnovers, which is the big thing, and that's something mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about with the Celtics because it is they turnovers. They it is ugly when they when they lose. Especially, yeah. especially in this game, uh, they had 17 turnovers to uh, the Pacers' six. Oof. Horrible, sloppy. Mm-hmm. Not even just getting picked. Like, they're just throwing bad passes. Just no real plan once their their first play gets blown up. Yeah. Um. I also saw that this is the only the second time ever in their careers that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have both scored 30 and they still lost. Oof. Which is kind of brutal. But crazy that it's happened enough times where it's notable when it when they lose. That's a stat? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, I, I keep saying it. Like, there's going to be bad games. They're going to have losses. I mean, they literally just beat the Sixers the game before. Yeah, that's not an easy game to win, even without Joel Embiid, who and Maxie. Al Horford is is, is, is his, his father. Is his father? But 
Um, I mean, look, you know, uh, the Pacers really brought it. They wanted to win. Mm-hmm. They, they, the in-season tournament means a lot more to them than it does for the Celtics. And I mean, Jalen Brown said it after the game. He he said, uh, it, "It sucks to not be going to Vegas, but we're having an encore in Boston or something like that." And I was like, "Yeah, they they just don't even care. They're moved on." Yeah, this whatever. This is great. I mean, they're gonna play the loser of Bucks Knicks, but still, this this they're getting like a nice little break. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest up, Kristaps. Hopefully, should be back for the next yeah, stretch. Um, yeah, just shake it off. Like the three point mm-hmm. shooting just wasn't there against the Pacers, but they they don't need to change their entire philosophy just because it yeah. it doesn't work once or twice. But although I did see a report this morning from Mass Live uh, <laughs> that Brad Stevens is starting to target bench help because they do need yeah. bench help. Yeah, they are currently 29th in the NBA in bench scoring per game. Mm-hmm. Even though their three-point efficiency is like ninth in the league, they're like thirty-nine percent or thirty-seven and a half percent or something like that from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're only scoring twenty-five points per game from the bench. What was which, that? You know that. I'm sorry. Was that the bench was like scoring that much? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, because I saw this too. Like they are sec. Like in terms of how their offense is scored, they are second in offense from three pointers. Yes. So that's mainly from the starters. Yeah. But still like that and actually some bench, but yeah. Well, I mean, Hauser and Pritchard did just let it fly. Um Yeah. But it's clear like Peyton he'll have he's still gonna have his bad games, like he put up a goose mm-hmm. egg against the Pacers. But there are games where he'll hit four threes. Um Sam he'll Definitely the best shooter on the team. He went five for seven from three. There's going to be games where he doesn't get a ton of minutes because mm-hmm. matchups don't work out perfectly. And ideally, that's why you brought in like uh, an O'Shea Brissett, uh, Brissett, like Lamar Stevens, guys who can. They're not known for being shooters, but they have enough like other traits elsewhere to play, mm-hmm. and they're just not playing yeah i think i think percent got subbed in one time in the bulls game got a block immediately got subbed out (laughs) yeah i mean it's tough they definitely need bench help they need a dog on the bench that can just come in and light it up maybe he doesn't play great defense but you just need someone to be able to come in and score like have the potential to score 20 points on any given night yeah off the bench we don't have that i I, with it with the bulls i mean are they going to blow it up? Like maybe, maybe Caruso is someone. It's going to cost a decent amount to get him, but I would never. I wouldn't give up anyone for Alex Caruso. Really? Honestly. Nah. No, honestly, I, I look elsewhere. I look towards the Magic. If the Magic, or no, sorry, not the Magic. The Magic aren't going to blow it up. Magic are looking. Magic good. are good. Um, who was it that was just reporting that they were? Was it the Bulls that was going to? Well, yeah, the the were, Bulls were because they're entertaining Levine. They're at the Rosen. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I mean Tory Craig probably makes more sense as like a wing, but I don't know. There's guys out there, but that's not our job. Mm-hmm. That's we, Brad's job. We can speculate and we can react when the time comes, but <sighs> we get to sit cozy in our 
in our little offices and just yes, we do talk. <laughs> our armchair, uh, our armchair GM. Oh, just you wait for uh, the path season to end because we yeah. we will be doing a lot of uh, armchair GMing. Speaking of Pats, yeah, let's, you want to talk about the Pats? Let's get to them. We're, I think we're good with the Celtics. We'll, yeah, like I said, it, was, it wasn't it was a very busy. Like They just played a couple games, and that was about like, it. I, I was very good against the Bulls and the Sixers and then didn't do much against the Pacers. Big whoop. Yep. On to the Pats. Pats. <laughs> Listen. Whoo, boy. Another shootout. Listen, I, I'm just so happy that at the very least, if you're losing games, you're losing these high-scoring, entertaining games. Wait, what's that? Psych. What's that? <laughs> oh, they put up no points again. <laughs> again? Oh, man. Patriots lose to the Chargers six to nothing. <laughs> that is just... Sad. This year is honestly one of the ugliest years for football I've ever seen. Oh god, it's awful. It's like I I've I'm trying to find the tweet now, but someone tweeted out like the matchups for this week mm-hmm. and it's it's ugly. Like mm-hmm. 10 teams are onto their backup quarterbacks now for like the rest of the year. And if uh, some of them were even their starters and it's just not good. Yep. Um um so the Patriots uh, started Bailey Zappi this week. Mac Jones did not see a single snap. Um, and in consequence, it I will say it was pouring in Foxborough. Yeah. Like pissing rain. Mm-hmm. But Zappi went 13 for 25, 141 yards. Then that's it. <laughs> yeah. No picks. No picks. No touchdowns. Didn't even get in the red zone. Didn't even sniff the red zone. Got sacked five yeah. times. I was gonna say he got sacked. I know last time I was saying how like the line at least was looking better. They they were keeping the quarterbacks upright. Not so much yeah. this time. I have. I mean, it's hard to put a lot of emphasis on that because of the weather and the conditions. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they had some plays that were not so great, but also like you're playing in conditions that are just adverse for anything sports related. Mm-hmm. But still. <laughs> yeah, Ramondre. Gets hurt. Oh, he was he was going to be the player that won us that game too, mm-hmm. and he got hurt. And I will talk about that a little bit later on. Oh. Um, but um, yeah, Ramondre got hurt. I will say Zeke came in had a rougher game than he has been lately. Seventeen carries, fifty two yards. But again, the line was not great. The conditions were not great. It was a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um. But really, they just couldn't move the ball. Outside of Devontae Parker, who had four catches for 64 yards, somehow. Um, and Zeke. Four for 40. Four catches for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally no one was doing anything for the Patriots. Juju, Jalen Rager, each had one catch. Big whoop. 11 yards each, um, too. It's kind of funny. Hunter Henry had two catches. Big whoop. I will say this. For as bad as the Pats are, it's there's got to be some solace in knowing that it is one thousand percent just on the offense because oh, the yeah. defense, the defense, incredible, no touchdowns, kept. I mean, Herbert did throw for two hundred twelve yards, no sacks, no picks, whatever, but 
Eckler only rushed for 18 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen, 5 for 58. QJ, Quinn Johnson have 5 for 52 with <laughs> some of the most hilarious drops I've ever seen. Um, Quinn in my – oh, oh. Oh, there it goes. Out of bounds. <laughs> I, well, I bring up Eckler and Allen because I did have them in fantasy, and I will be losing. I did lose this week because of them. Uh, <laughs> but the defense is still just as rock solid, as, good as ever. They've allowed they are tw- rock solid. They've allowed twenty six points in their last three games, and mm-hmm. they're only allowing three point nine yards per play. Like, jeez. If you obviously it's ugly to watch your offense like be this inept, but come mm. like off season like free agent drafting, you're gonna feel real this defense. Yeah, this defense. You, I I want to say you set it and forget it because you should always be like looking to improve, but like if you were to focus like ninety percent of your assets, whether that's money or draft capital towards like rebuilding this offense they could have a quick turnaround Mm -hmm. especially that's true it's very true yeah they're picking second now as of now um Mm -hmm. prime drake may maybe the bears get a little dumb and they take marvin harrison so then you can get caleb Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's incredible how good the defense is. I read a stat. They played. They showed a stat during the game that this season, when a team has let up ten or less points this season, opposing t- th- that team is fifty and zero. The Patriots are now one and three. <laughs> Do you hear that? Do you hear what? I, you want to say this? One in three against what teams that have scored less than ten points? It, it reminds me so much of like I think it was last year's Broncos defense. Like that that offense was so bad, but like the defense, it was like if they give up like if the offense can score fourteen points or maybe it was seventeen points, they would have gone like sixteen and one or something stupid. Like mm-hmm. they would have been like. The one seed if their offense could just score two touchdowns yep and they couldn't and i feel like that's exactly what's happening here oh 100 percent um it's it's sad really is what it is um it's sad you know it's gonna <sighs> it's gonna get sadder because they're playing thursday night against the steelers with mitch trubisky, mitch trubisky. this is one of, this was one of those games in that tweet where it was like this this is slop. The NFL is putting out. They should be ashamed. I honestly, I am praying to whatever God Bill Belichick believes in or doesn't believe in that he just plays Malik Cunningham. What, what's the point we've of? We've seen Bailey. We, we've seen Bailey Zappi. We've seen Mac Jones. They're not it. Just do something different, man. Bring in a guy who can run. Bring in a guy who can create, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, it's going to be the same thing in the offseason. I, I do think they're going to have to move Bill someplace that's not head coach. A retirement home? Well, ideally, yes, he <laughs> retires so they don't have to unceremoniously fire him. But Hey, he might go to the Chargers when Brandon Staley gets fired. Uh, I think that's like the prime spot for Ben Johnson, to be honest. 
But that's the thing. You need to get. You have to get with the times with the modern NFL offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of coaches who are. You could probably get an interview with who can bring that, like Ben Johnson, Kellen Moore, or uh, Bobby Slovic. Um, this you just can't run it back with Bill. I don't think so. I don't think so, but we'll see. Yeah, what I I know we didn't do predictions for the um, Celtics yet. We'll I'll, we'll circle back to it. But since we're talking about it, what do you think this game is going to look like? Oh, it's going to be ugly, man. Um, let's see, Steelers even without uh, even without Kenny Pickett, you know, yeah, they lost to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray did actually pretty well. James Conner had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patriots will not be doing that. The Patriots will not have... I mean, unless Zeke goes berserk, they will not be be, be doing that at all. This was, um, this was the berserk-Zeke game. Like 90, 90 yeah. total yards. That's probably the best you're going to um, get out of him. Mitch Trubisky, in relief, still had 117 yards and a touchdown. 11 of 17, no picks. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's good enough to beat the Patriots apparently. <laughs> yep, I did. I did put a little bit of pre, a little early action on that game. It's it's ugly. Like I I'm taking under thirty points in the game. Yeah, Pittsburgh to win obviously, and Pittsburgh to win by at least six. Because again, I yeah. Steelers have a good defense. It it might be ugly. Like TJ Watt might have like five sacks. Yeah, yeah. Especially especially if they keep Zappy in there, Malik. Maybe oh, yeah. they have a chance of like breaking one of those off for like a fun play, but I would not bet on it. Yeah, I don't. I think it's gonna be ugly. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll see Thursday. We'll know Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk. Let's go to Bruins action. Yep. Bruins had themselves a little undefeated week. They needed it too. Oh, bounce yeah. back. After that poor stretch, you start off by the you beat the Sharks 3-0. That was like I don't want to be offensive, but you know how like um it was like an old baseball meme like if you're ever like in a slump you just have to have sex with like th- anyone who was willing to have sex with you, no matter what they look <laughs> yeah. like. They call them slump busters. You needed a slump buster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really did. And they so they beat the Sharks three nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, goals from Pavel Zaka, Jake DeBrusque, and Danton Heinen. I feel like after we said like. After I said DeBrusque hasn't like scored much at all this season, now it's like, oh, okay, he's now he's gonna pile now he's starting to get back to it. Uh, and got a shout out, Patrice Watch. Mm-hmm. He had an assist in the Sharks game. Mm-hmm. Our boy, our king. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, uh, Pasta had two assists in this game as well, right? Or was yep. okay. Uh, and then obviously Swayman perfect night 28 uh 28 shots 28 saves yeah it's a good game good game good way to bounce back because then 
you beat the Maple Leafs in OT four to three. Mm. Um, Another really good game. I mean, the Maple Leafs are no slouch. Oh yeah, and to win in OT, that's a good win. Toe to toe, like I don't. Again, I'm not super familiar with a lot of hockey players, especially like non Bruins. So if I know your name, mm-hmm. you must be good. And I knew Austin Matthews. Oh, and he he showed out. Two goals for him. Yeah. Um, they did almost um, blow the two nothing lead again. God, that's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. But uh, shout out to Brad Marchand. I know I'm I'm going to touch on him later, but he had the winner in OT. Mm-hmm. Did you see the video from the the fans? They had like I did not. Uh, it's so funny. They were recording like uh, that possession they had, and once the puck got to uh, Marchand, you just hear him go, "No, no, 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 no!" And then he scores. He's like, "No." <laughs> it was it's just that's awesome yeah, it's fun to hear like just someone's heartbreak in real time yeah um also posternock 10 shots on goal crazy 10 shots on goal three points in the game he had a goal and two assists mm-hmm. brad marchand had eight shots on goal oh, just insane insane stuff mm-hmm. it was beautiful and mm-hmm. you know Mm-mm-mm. while we're talking marchand it's the story oh. of the the Bruins' three-one win against the Blue Jackets. Uh, gave up a a goal in the second, and then in the third quarter, he just kind of took off. Had a third quarter, third period. Sorry, still got <laughs> still got a football brain. The third, third, third the third. Yeah, he had the natural <laughs> hat trick, three straight goals. Yeah, love to see it. Yeah, Brad Marchand, man. He he was in a bit of – we talked it last week too. He was in a slump, hadn't scored in nine games, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this week he's like, all right, I'm back, guys. I got you. But it speaks to what I what I talked about last week of like there being still some of that residual mental fog from the Lucic fallout and all of that stuff. I mean, it puts guys in a bad state. And as soon as you get over it, I mean, the team gets clicking again. Like Swayman had a great week. Omar had a good game in between. Um you know, Marshawn's come back alive. DeBrusque is starting to score again. Pasta is doing pasta things. Like, guys, they're coming back. You mm-hmm. know, they're they're finally getting through that, that situation. Yeah. I had something I wanted to say, and then I just completely blanked on it. You lost it. I just completely <laughs> lost, lost it. Because I, I, was, I was getting ahead of myself, and I just lost a train of thought. Um mm. I do like, though, I want to point out how much I love uh, hockey stats and especially assist stats because there were three goals scored on the, in that game, all by Marchand. Charlie McAvoy had two assists. Charlie Coyle had one assist. Danton Heinen had one assist. Pavel Zaka had one assist. James Van Riemsdyk had one assist. For, for each goal, <laughs> we were averaging two assists. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's, a, it's the dumbest thing, but I love oh, it. Oh, no, that... That reminded me because again another thing I saw from like people in the in the arena uh, after Marshand had his hat trick, they played uh, "Can't Take My Eyes Off You," mm-hmm. and everyone who was like either there or like saw the video, including myself, was like, "That is awesome." Yeah, stadiums should do or teams should do more. Uh, 
they should have better songs that they just kind of adapt. Like, I yeah. feel like a lot of teams love Don't Stop Believing. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, the Red Sox have just uh, any Sweet stadium Caroline. rock, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is so much more fun when they just have, like, they, they put on some real bops. Yeah. Um, that was it that I have for the Bruins. Like, this was a great week. Yeah. Good bounce back. And looking ahead to next week, we've got Thursday. Um, Thursday, they play the Sabres. Saturday, they play the Coyotes. What did you just they say? Don't play again. The, <laughs> the Coyotes. Coyotes. <laughs> the, Coy- the Coyotes. <laughs> Good Lord. And then they don't play again until Wednesday the 13th, where they play the Blue, De- or the, Who? The Blue Devils. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the d- devils the devils, um, so I don't think I think the only games this week are Sabers and Coy- Coyotes. You are you Coyotes. are definitely cooked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So predictions. I think they're going two and zero. Yeah. Sabers are not good. No, they're ten and thirteen and two. Coyotes a bit better, thirteen nine and two. Both kind of middle of the pack to lower the yep. back i i feel confident that they're gonna take this momentum and ride with it i think so too um all right let's move on to studs and duds uh you want to kick us off with your studs sure um we might have the same stud this week probably uh so well i had two. First, al horford for the game, he, mm. games he had against the uh, Bulls and Sixers, they, they were like the perfect game for him. Like 20 points, a bunch of rebounds, like f- a bunch of blocks, just playing the old man game, catch and shoot threes. I thought, especially once, because we didn't really talk much about the Sixers game, Tatum got ejected in the third. Um, yep. Someone had to step up because that game kind of was a bit closer, even though they didn't have him beat or maxi. Um, but yeah, I was always that steady presence up until that Pacers game. But anywho, uh, <laughs> and then obviously Brad Marchand is the yeah. other one. If probably takes the crown, uh, his grandma passed away Friday the first. So obviously condolences to you know him and his family. Uh, but, you know, with that heavy heart, he scores the OT winner against the Maple Leafs and then has a natural hat trick. Like, the yeah, next I mean, game. That's a good week. That's as, and, like, I don't know. That's just, like, a great way to – I don't know how I want to say this, uh, so I'm not going to say anything. It's a great way to honor the grand- – Yes, his, that's what I'm trying to say. His grandmother's memory in the way that he knows how. Like, yes, it's always good. It's always nice, and it warms my heart to see like when a family member of an athlete passes away, and they have a it's like you know that they're playing with that extra juice, they're mm-hmm. playing with that extra energy. They've got that that like it's like I'm playing for you, yeah. And this is this, this is isn't my for me. This and is and then for they you. show out. It's like oh, it te- it tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. Love to see it. What about your studs? Yeah. Um. So I had uh, also. Brad Marchand. I mean, come on. He had the best week. 
He really did. Mm-hmm. I mean, four goals on the week, hat trick, game winner, tough to beat. Um, but also by extension, I want to just do a, a whole shout out for the entire Bruins team mm-hmm. overcoming the rough week that they had last week and all the stuff surrounding that to be able to bounce back and not only have like a positive week, but to go undefeated on the week and really bounce back like Swayman, much better week. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole team just felt more cohesive. They felt better. So, I mean, props to the entire team for for coming back strong from that. Yeah. I just also want to give an honorable mention to Jason Tatum. He won uh, Mm -hmm. October-November Player of the Month, averaging Mm -hmm. 27.7 points, almost nine boards and four assists. Good good early season for him, which is a time where he normally is a bit more quiet. So. Mm Stars playing like a star. That's what we need. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Uh, let's go to the duds now. Uh, I I mentioned mine already, but it's the trio of O'Shea Brissett, Lamar Stevens, and then Tfi. I don't know how I pronounce his last name. Mikhailu. Mikhailu. They were brought in for energy, defense, and shooting, uh, and they just cannot see the court. In a time where the Celtics are desperate for like bench production, mm-hmm. they just have to be better. Because, um, th- as you mentioned, like they're already looking at maybe having to make a trade for some more bench depth. They're probably on the way out if that happens. Yeah, probably. What about you? Um, all right, my dud this week. I've got one. And it is the hip drop tackle. That's something I want to talk about in the NFL. So if you're unfamiliar with the hip drop tackle, it is a type of tackle where you wrap your body around the player and then basically go dead weight, where you just drop your body to the ground. And the reason it's called hip drop is because when you drop your weight, your hip comes down to the ground first and it like pulls the body down as you go down. And normally what happens is you end up like rolling up on the guy, you land on their legs, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's an effective tackle, but I read an article today, 25 times more likely to cause an injury than just a normal tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm bringing this up because Ramondre Stevenson was tackled by a hip drop tackle. That's when he got hurt this week. Probably out for multiple weeks. Honestly, I'm just going to say it. he's going to be out for the season. Um, and I want to go down a list, too, because this has really become a phenomenon in the last couple of seasons um, of names, notable names that have been hurt by this kind of tackle. Mm-hmm. Ramondre today, uh, an- ankle sprain, severe ankle sprain, probably out for the season. Mark Andrews year, yeah. broke his fibula or whatever it was, tibia, fibula, one of those bones, and also sprained his ankle. He's done for the season. Last year, Pat Mahomes in the AFC Championship game got hurt on a hip drop tackle, and that caused him to be hurt for the uh, for the, um, the 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 Super Bowl. Wow, words. Um, Tony Pollard broke his leg in the playoffs on a hip drop tackle, and this year, uh, Geno Smith in Week Four got mildly hurt from a hip drop tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bad play. You got to get you, it's a bad tackle. You got to get rid of it. Much like the horse collar tackle was uh, was banned in 05 and helmet to helmet hits were banned in 2018. It's just it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about it. Like, obviously, yeah, as you just listed off, like, all the high-profile names who have missed seasons or, at the very least, games to injuries suffered when they had the tackle. At the same time, I feel like it's just one of those natural agreements, like, okay, I could either light you up, like, full speed coming at you, or I can like tackle you this way where I'm not going to put any weight on you, but my weight is going to uh, just stop you in a, like an unnatural spot. Like not the forward. problem is though with the, with the tackle is that it does end up putting weight on you because when you drop, you drop on their legs. Well, that's if you drop on the legs, you can definitely, I mean, that's usually what I mean. You can, yeah, you can try to avoid it. But yeah. But again, it's, it's tough, man. Like it's, it's the game. Like obviously, horse collar is a lot easier to like uh, stop because it is a very—I mm-hmm. don't want to say egregious form of tackling, but it is insanely noticeable and uh, m- a lot of times very unnecessary. Um, mm-hmm. But in that in that same sense, I feel like there's a bunch of other things that the NFL could like look to ban in terms of tack or even. I want to say it was like the Seahawks game against the Giants. Uh, it was the get, It was a play that got Jamal Adams concussed. He goes to mm-hmm. tackle Daniel Jones, and instead of like even trying to wrap him up, he just drops to the ground and takes like a knee to the head. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. A as a safety, as someone who is like known, f- a position known for like guys just laying the boom on people. I don't know why you yeah. would take a tackle or try to make a tackle where you're basically just hoping that they hit your head and trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and also like the turf is like probably the biggest thing that is causing injuries, but they're not. Oh yeah. Don't even get me started on, on, on turf. Get that shit out of there. It's just the owners oh, got to owners got to save that money, man. You know how expensive it is to maintain grass. Oh, really? Like billions? You would think because that's what these guys have. Mm-hmm. And you would think like, oh, these players are investments for me. Mm. Like I, I am doing financially better when I am able to sell this as a better product. Like right now, if like. I don't even know who. Like, let's say it was like Lamar Jackson, like tears an ACL because like his cleat gets caught in the turf, and they have to start like I don't even know who their backup is. Maybe Tyler Huntley. I think so. Yeah, I think it's actually Tyler Huntley. You can kiss like so many ticket sales goodbye because people are just yeah. don't want to watch it. I mean, this season has been a rough year for QBs, anyways. Yeah for injuries i saw that there's a graphic with trevor lawrence getting injured yesterday was like 10 starting qbs have now gotten hurt for the season Mm -hmm. it's stupid it's so bad this year yeah and notoriously probably the most famous one being aaron Rodgers, on the fourth play of the season in new york on turf Mm -hmm. Do you think he actually tore his ACL, or do you think he just had, like, a high ankle sprain? Oh, he, he 100% tore his Achilles. I, Have you seen the video of well, it? Well, because I, I did – I looked – I'm going to do an Aaron Rodgers here. I did my own research. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because that same motion can happen with a high ankle sprain. 
and it the snap of the of of the ankle like that. Yeah. But the thing is, I if you like the uh, the recovery time for that lines up with what Aaron Rodgers be, is being able to do now. Mm. And maybe it's just my brain's like, yeah, I refuse to believe that this guy just listening to Dolphins fucking uh, had a more effective recovery than like someone who is spending like hundreds of thousands for like the best medical treatment they can get. Like, I refuse to believe it. Amen. I don't know. I mean, there are also some people whose bodies are just built different. Yeah, but he's also like you know? pushing 40. 45. Yeah, he's pushing 40. <laughs> if, it, if it's like Anthony Richardson and like he's like 23 or super young. I don't even think he's 23 yet. Like super young, super athletic. Yeah, I get that they can probably recover a lot faster. Aaron Rodgers is not that. Yeah. Well, well. enough of, enough of um, that though. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore <laughs> or the Jets. No. Um, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, so, uh, if you like this episode, uh, leave a rating. You know, subscribe, comment, share it, share it with your friends. You know, share it on Twitter. You know, all that fun stuff. It really helps us out. We work hard on this every week. We're here every week. Um, follow us on Twitter at Ship City Pod for live tweeting of Patriots games whenever they play, <laughs> even though I did a very bad job of it last week, and also reactions throughout the week from the both of us mm-hmm. uh, on news across the leagues. Um, and uh, you can also uh, uh, check out our website, pressplaymag.com, for sports articles that we have not been writing. <laughs> um, when there's news, we'll uh, write. And also, yeah, there you go. Um, and also, uh, you know, Stuff like uh, movie reviews. We do a lot of that. You can listen to our other podcast on there as well. Um, so, yeah. You know, if you if you, uh, if you you like that sort of stuff, check out the website there. Um, and, yeah. Uh, why don't you hit us with the headline of the week before we wrap it up? All right. Aaron, what do the Patriots, Jets, Panthers, and Pistons all have in common? What do they have in common? They all did not record a single win in the month of November. Now, the Patriots only played three games. The Jets and Panthers played four games. The Pistons went 0-15 in the month of November. Just abysmal basketball in Detroit. Oof. Oof. Well, with that said, we will see you on the next episode of Ship City. See you guys later. (laughs) We'll be right back.